0: I always say, you know, start with the heaviest thing that you can and take away stuff. It's much easier to do that than to start basic and then add stuff. So for me, I always start with a partner portal. I get the most functionality. I just hide whatever things I don't need.
1: This is the Amazing Applications podcast from Microsoft Dynamics 365 and Power Platform people that want to build amazing, agile business applications. Hi, I'm Neil Benson. Welcome to Amazing Applications Session 118. It's the last episode in our recent series showcasing Scottish Summit Sessions. It's not the last ever episode of Amazing Apps, but I did want to take a moment to recognize the joy and Happiness brought into our lives by the Up Podcast. Megan Walker and Lisa Crosby announced that episode seventy six was their last one, and I just wanted to thank them for the love and the passion they put into their show. Amazing Apps isn't going anywhere, so make sure you subscribe to catch all the great content we've got coming up. Scottish Summit, however, is going somewhere. It's going to Glasgow on 9th and tenth of June, twenty twenty two. So this is your last chance to register for your free ticket and get your travel booked visit scottishsummit.com. The Scottish Summit presenter joining me as a guest today is Ulrika Akrabic. She's the low-code practice lead at Itera, a new role which she had just started after we recorded this episode. So congratulations and best wishes, Ulrika. A couple of quick apologies before we get started. It only lasts a couple of seconds, but sorry to any Norwegian listeners for my slightly Norwegian, slightly terrible accent at the start of this podcast interview. And sorry to Ulrika for discussing Microsoft confidential material that we had to cut, and we were both worried about losing our MVP awards over. It's all safely on the cutting room floor. Here's Ulrika Acrobaic. Ulrika, welcome to the Amazing Applications podcast. I was going to do the whole introduction with a Norwegian accent. That would be, that'd be crazy, but welcome all the way from Norway. Ulrika, it's great to have you on the show.
0: Thank you so much, Neil. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: It's my pleasure. I wanted to give you a a chance to come onto the show and talk about an upcoming session you've got at Scottish Summit. It's about some new Power Apps portals templates. I am trying to keep up with all the name changes of all the products. I still would love Microsoft to make Power Apps portals its own product, but it's not there yet, but someday it might be.
0: Yeah, I think so some day it might be. And now in the community, we're kind of in the midst of is it Power Portals or is it Power Apps Portals? What do you think? I'm oh. seeing more and more Power Portals these days.
1: Okay. So if Microsoft hasn't changed the name, we're going to change the name for them.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll <laughs> give it a logo or I'm sorry, icon as well. Who knows? But thank you so much. Yeah, I'm uh, doing a session at Scottish Summit about the portal templates, the the different kinds of portals that you get out of the box just by clicking a button and having your Dynamics environment uh, in order as well. You need the Dynamics app in order to get those different uh, options. So when you're creating your portal, you can choose what kind of portal you want to start with. So you don't have to start from scratch. You can actually start with a template as you can in Power Automate and Power Apps these days. You can start from a template and, and you can do that in Portals as well. And it's a great way to get started and see what you can do. And you get so much free stuff that no one really knows about and no one really talks about. So I just wanted to showcase the different types of Portals you can create and what's the difference between them and, and and how they work.
1: I would love to get into some of those because it's been quite a while since I started a Portals project from scratch, and it's going to show my age a little bit. But just before we get into those, can you give us a quick introduction into Ulrika and some of your background and how you got into business applications? We'd love to find out a little bit more about you.
0: Oh, thank you. I'm, I actually started with portals and that's probably a weird thing to do because I, I am actually a user experience person at heart. So I started in the SharePoint world of all things. I am the trained web developer from my education and I started doing SharePoint intranets back in the day. And then Microsoft shifted the intern at the SharePoint to the cloud. And I got my, and I went on maternity leave. And when I got back, I didn't have a job. It was that simple. <laughs> it-, it wasn't possible to to do branding of SharePoint sites anymore. They, they took all that away. So I-, I essentially didn't have a job. So I looked around the Microsoft stack. I didn't want to leave my job at a Microsoft partner. And so I just looked at the stack and what can, what else can I do? And then Portals was acquired just a few months before. It was ADX Studio and then it was Dynamics Portals. And so I looked at the product and it fit my profile well, and it was user experience and it was interaction design, everything that I love about the web, but it was still within that Microsoft stack and the the business uh, part of things. It was not not for external users only. And so it, it fit my profile well. And so I just got started. So that's six years ago now, I think. And it's been an uphill struggle, I can tell you. You probably know, because you started quite early with WordPress yourself, didn't
1: you? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you about that, because I have met people from a user experience background who have, are used to doing custom web development. And they can take a pixel-perfect wireframe, and they want to build a pixel-perfect website from that wireframe designers get pretty upset when you can't use the right font or the button doesn't have the rounded edges. So I've had a lot of running battles with user experience designers because Portals was a rapid portal development kit. And it's not a custom site where you can specify the design of everything. And it comes with some constraints and limitations in order to give you that rapid deployment capability. And so we'd have a lot of heated discussions and some clients were very disappointed that their exact designs couldn't be met with portals and other clients wasn't a problem they were pretty happy with you know a four-week project to give them a basic um form capture lead capture type of website what's your perception coming from that background of power apps portals does it give you everything you want to be able to do
0: no but yeah, actually that's really interesting because i come from the sharepoint world where you where you had the same limitations so you couldn't flip your SharePoint internet upside down, or you shouldn't at least. And so my job for five years was to start with that kind of template and enhance the user experience because, if you SharePoint 2017 and not really that great user experience. So what we ended up doing was often create a user experience very similar to what SharePoint online looks today. And that's something we feel pretty great about when you look back on what we did then. So. When I started working with portals, it felt natural to me to just go with what was out of the box and enhance upon that. So if my client would come in with these detailed sketches and and pixel perfect views of what they wanted, I would challenge them back and say, all right, so are you sure that it's worth what I can do this, but are you sure it's worth doing? Because it will take a lot of time and it wouldn't give that user that much better of a user experience anyway. And so you work quite a lot with marketing, I guess. And it's the same thing with the email templates as well. You would have customers come in with these great emails that they want to push out. And then the cost of making that dark mode friendly, mobile friendly, respond to all the client outlook friendly. Let's let's not forget. It's it's, a big one. Yeah, it's a big job, right? And is it really worth it instead of using the templates you get out of the box and just enhancing and putting on your phone and your and your colors and your logo and go with that. So I think we should be good advisors to our clients and explaining to them why it's difficult, why it's taking long, and what they will end up getting at the end. And, it, and they can make the judgment of if it, it's worth it or not.
1: Right. So you're going to have to bring me up to speed on what's changed in portals. Last time we did a portals project was probably around... 2018. And since then, I've been working with clients who've maybe got Sitecore or something similar. And all they're doing is calling the Dataverse APIs from their website. But what's changed in portals uh, recently? What's What are the new templates? Because we did have some templates back in the days of ADX Studio, but I'm presuming it's not just a, a simple update of those. There must be more to it than that.
0: Oh, yeah. No, unfortunately, they didn't bring all the ADX Studio templates uh, to Apps portals. So we don't have, for instance, the government template, which was really great in ADX Studio. We do have a customer service template, as I'm sure you know, because most portals project starts there. And you get the case management and you get the the knowledge base articles and you get all that. And then you have the community template, which gives you much of the same. But in addition, you get the blog which is not on the customer service template. And so that's something that our customers want more and more, the blog functionality. And then you have the even more dense template that is the partner template, which gives you the form for application. You can apply to be a partner you can deny or accept, you have a kind of workflow that enables you to to bring in new partners and, and administer them in a good way, and also it gives your client the possibility to invite new users into their partner account and administer their users themselves, which is something that our clients also want more and more. So those templates are, are great to start with, especially those who are starting out with portals, I always recommend, you know, do the partner portal and take it, pick it apart, see what you get, go deep, see what kind of scripts and yeah. Cause there's a lot of functionality that's kind of hidden in this uh, template pages and uh, and lists and forms that you can apply to your own project leaders
1: right so even if you're not building a partner portal there's some lessons to be learned from seeing how a partner portal works under the covers yes. some clues of some of the advanced functionality you can get
0: yeah absolutely I, I always say you know start with the heaviest thing that you can and take away stuff it's much easier to do that than to start basic and then add stuff so for me, I always start with a partner portal. I get the most functionality. I just hide whatever things I don't need. And then I can always enable that or show that later if the client, when the client gets there or matures enough or see the potential in the product and want to use that kind of functionality.
1: And does it come with case management, knowledge management as well? Absolutely. Okay. So if you're yeah. doing a customer portal. You might start with a partner one, hide the lead management. The partner registration pieces, yeah, smart. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, so the the four project, the last four last project I did, it has always all been partner portals. You don't take anything away, and you get additional functionality. So, it works very good,
1: very well. Okay, thinking about a, a portals project these days, what kind of team do you think you need to assemble? You know, if I'm going to deploy, let's say, it was a partner portal for uh, a manufacturing company that's got some resellers and they need to build out the case management and knowledge management functionality. What kind of project team are they going to need? Does it still take you know, five or six people to deploy a, a portal project these days or, or a bit more or less than that?
0: I'm, I'm really not sure how many people you would need, how big a team you would need. I'm usually on a one to two person portal project and I work with the rest of the dynamics part or the ERP map part of the project and they're usually like 10 to 15 people. And so it's... Right it's hard to say exactly what do we need for just an isolated portals project but what I do see now that we're, we're trying to recruit portal people and it's hard they're hard to come by there's not a lot of portal people in Norway so what we always look for is the the combination of dynamics or dataverse understanding and and the, the dynamics apps and then web development as well or or general development so the combination of those two would give you the knowledge that you would need Uh, to understand the product and now just to uh, go back to your previous question about how we work with portals these days and what you've missed since 2018 the way that we work on the back with portals now is totally different from what we did two or three years ago so what they've actually done and this i must say is credit to microsoft they didn't do what we wanted them to do because we wanted them to make it easier to be editor easier to create content, make it more like WordPress. Where's the widget? Where's the add-ons, you know? (laughs) But they say, no, wait a minute, we want to do this the right way. So they did the backend first. So now we got the Power Portal CLI, which makes it possible to to talk to the code in a much easier way. We have the Visual Studio co-extension that make it possible to edit the code in Visual Studio like a proper developer tool. It's so great. And it it removes the uh, necessity for XRM toolbox. It does all the things that you need. And and I can now, I can create a portal quick and easy in a portal's studio. So I actually started using the studio because of the CLI capabilities that came this summer. And so you spin up your portal quick and dirty, and then you download the portal to your computer and you use Visual Studio code. You upload your source control to GitHub. You do everything in, in sprints and DevOps, you know this you agile, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just call you agile, man. <laughs> and then, and you can actually have a proper portals code studio or project working as, as a true developer and, and as a developer should. And, and then that's great. It's, it's really, really good to see. And as you were talking about earlier, the portals web API makes it possible to talk to the portal, the source, in a completely new way. And it has transformed the way that we work with portals all together. So it's, Hugely different from what it was two or three years ago.
1: That's cool. Thanks for that update. Because I remember my teams just really struggled, like you said, with the deployments, because there was so much uh, data involved in a portals uh, solution. It wasn't just uh, metadata, but there was records inside Dynamics. You had to extract those and deploy those through tests and into production. And that wasn't so easy. Good on Microsoft for finally fixing some of that challenge that we had.
0: Absolutely, and now that we have a proper ALM kind of pipeline set up, and we have the test, we have the dev, the test, and the production, and we have production profiles and everything, and and it makes that job easier, and you feel like you're much more in control, and you know what the source looks like, uh, and it feels better to use Visual Studio Code than to use the the browser to edit and config. So it feels more like development and less like configuration now that it used to. Yeah, and so that's that feels great.
1: How does that play with the the low-code, no-code story of being able to configure business applications? What you just said sounds like developers love portals even more than they used to because it's become more professional developer-friendly. What about citizen developers? Where are they in the portal story today? Are they still being able to configure their own quick and easy portals too?
0: That's a great question. And that is what we asked for when Microsoft said, stop, wait a second, we want to do the backend first. So what they actually did was to go to counter their own vision of the low code approach, and they served the hardcore developer first. And that's kind of interesting Mm -hmm. when you look at it that way, because if they should have followed their own strategy, you should have started with the low code developer, right? So hold your horses. And then we have build that's coming, I think in June, early June. And so we will have some uh, announcements coming, I think.
1: Hey, sorry about this, but it's at this point I had a a couple of minutes of my chat with Ulrika when we realized that we're both in danger of discussing material that is Microsoft Confidential. Let's pick it up again afterwards. Of course, we're just speculating, but... uh... (laughs) Of course you're
0: speculating. (laughs)
1: Very good. Well, that sounds super exciting, but also quite challenging to build a presentation around things that haven't been announced yet. So you must have some <laughs> an exciting couple of weeks coming up. Not quite knowing what's going to be in your session, Rick, as well as your session coming up at Scottish Summit. Are there any other portals presenters or content you'd recommend the audience dive into if portals is their thing?
0: Oh, absolutely. You know what? There are going to be so many portals people presenting at Scottish Summit that it's just take your pick. I think all the big names are going to be represented. And especially I think Nick Dolman going to do how to get started and everything you need to know about portals if you want to get started. And actually... It's so great. We have a community now. When we started out, it wasn't really much. There was five, six people. We call them black belts that came from the ADX Studio team. They were very busy and not really that easy to get hold of them. But now there's so many people doing important stuff. And Victor Dantas, I want to just highlight Victor Dantas with his Portals Zero to Hero series that he's done for one and a half year now. He's been doing that. So much great content for free on YouTube. Just Go and learn. And that's a great way to start if you want to start getting to know portals.
1: Yeah, Victor's content's awesome. So I'll make sure we include links to that in our show notes. Thank you for that reminder. And I'll also highlight any other portals sessions in the show notes for this episode as well. So Ulrich, what other content or things are you doing in any other events uh, coming up as well that you'd like to highlight to our audience?
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, been two years without much uh, in-person events. So I'm I'm doubling down doing as much physical as I can. And as you know, it's not really that easy to pin something down these days. So it's all kind of fluid, <laughs> but I know this fall I'm going to go travel as much as I can. And I want to highlight, we have a Dynamics User Group event coming up this fall and we have the Nordic Summit, I think in Stockholm. I think it's November. They haven't set a fixed date yet. But if you're in Scandinavia and you're looking for a great show, then, yeah, Nordic Summit should be on your radar.
1: Yeah, so I've heard a little bit about Nordic Summit. I was chatting with Vivian Voss recently, and she teased me with that. So, yeah, that sounds exciting. I think we're all just dying to get back to in-person yeah. events. I'll have to think about what we can do here in Asia-Pacific or Australia New Zealand for some in-person events. We normally let the our friends Cross the ditch in New Zealand to go first. They love organizing in-person events. And once they're up and running, then we can copy their formats and off we go too.
0: <laughs> That's there. a great thing to do. Yeah, and I'm actually going to Australia in one, two years. So then I'll catch yeah. up and we can do a community event together. That would be great.
1: That'd be awesome. So what else are you involved in? Are you hosting any user groups locally or what else have you got going on?
0: Absolutely. So I as I mentioned, it's not really so many Portals people in Norway. So we're trying to build that community. We're having a Portals lunch every quarter and we're gonna pick okay. up the pace and do it actually more often now uh, than we have been doing during the pandemic and trying to do that physical, have a bit of a pizza and beer afterwards and, and get the community going. And they have asked for more Power Platform stuff. So Power Apps uh, and Power Automate stuff. They would want some some more about more stuff on that. And so we're trying to build the community Norway around that. So if anyone listening wants to join that initiative and and want to be a presenter or want to participate, use a group for Power Apps and and Power Platform, then just holler or connect me. I'm I'm on every social platform, search my name and, and I'll pop up and get in touch.
1: We try to do a lot of those very informal events here in Brisbane as well. And it's, you know, sometimes we do technical presentations, other times we've got customers coming in, but even just Yeah, no agenda, catch up over a beer. Somebody pulls out a laptop and shows off something cool that they're building uh, or that they're stuck on and uh, we we all jump on their laptop and try and uh, help them out. Those are really fun. Just a chance to get to know other people in our industry and in our community locally. Those are great. So anybody listening, if you do have an opportunity to go and find a local user group, go and visit the powerusers.microsoft.com website and you'll find lots of local user communities in your area. Absolutely. Okay. Is there anything else we should know about you or uh, about your upcoming session that we haven't already covered?
0: No, I think that's about it. I hope to see so many peoples in the community that I've connected with over the last two years that I'm dying to see. And I'm so looking forward to it and just uh, connecting with the community. And I was at the, the last physical Scottish Summit was just before it closed down and we were there and it was the best event that I've ever been to. So if you're On the couch, wondering if it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. And the the power addicts are all there. And then this community spirit is so great. And it's a very welcoming crowd. And I just love it. So yeah, join, get your ticket, and book your flight.
1: Cool. Well, thanks so much for joining me on the Amazing Applications show. We'll look forward to your session.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was great chatting with you. Uh, And good luck with the flood and the house and everything that's going (laughs) on and the podcast and everything.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the Amazing Apps podcast. You can join the show's mailing list at amazingapps.show. You'll get a personalized welcome video from yours truly and a notification when there's a new episode available. There are also shortcuts so you can follow the show on all major podcast players. And you can follow Amazing Apps show on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. You can send me a message or a voicemail if you'd like your question answered on a future episode and even support the show through Buy Me A Coffee or by buying an Amazing Apps t-shirt. Visit amazingapps.show. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate you. Until next time, take care and keep sprinting.